Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. Uh, this week, my guest is Chris Prepot. Let's start that over. <laughs> uh, Welcome to another episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Chris Prefontaine. I uh, had Chris back on the podcast a couple of years ago. I was just looking it up uh, this morning, actually. Uh, episode 129. So there's lots of value if you guys want to go back and check that one out as well, if you like this one, uh, back from 2022. Um, since then... Um, I've, I've drank the Chris Kool-Aid a little bit. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, w- whenever I actually recorded that podcast back then, I really didn't know who Chris was. Um, so it's just to give everyone kind of a, a upkeep, keep with this. And so since then, like I, I've read his book, I read, uh, real estate on your own terms. I have the, this is my reading for, um, the Christmas break, which I, I oh, actually a lot of people listen to this. So it would, it's the, the new rules of real estate investing. So I got picked that one up too. And so I'm going to read that one next. So um, if you skimmed over, if you didn't like the idea of buying on terms on the last one, I really think you really need to give it another look over. Um, I, um, it's one of those things, even myself, um, I've been a real estate investor for quite a bit. I was doing some lease options. For, I've been doing lease options for a long time, but even just uh, taking your lease options to the next level is what this is. This is about taking some strategies you have. And um, if we're going to talk about this, let's bring on let's bring on the guy that that does this all the time. Like the, this is bring on the pro let's bring on Chris. So anyway, uh, that's my little intro for Chris. Um, uh, I appreciate your book. appreciate all the work you've been putting out there for everything. Um, if you want to give any more of an intro, uh, to yourself before we get going, uh, Sure. <laughs> and and thank you, Glenn. To your point, uh, they, if they go back to the other one, they'll get the, 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 the great detail, but I'll just say that, uh, since the crash of 08, we've been, uh, build our own family business that we do the exact same things we teach our students. And I think the big difference here, um, as I look in hindsight, is that um, everybody has the, you know, I got no time, I got no money, I got no this and that. The the biggest thing missing is just a support mechanism. And so we built a, a community that allows a major support mechanism. So you're not stuck in on your own. That's it. And so we do this all over North America. Yeah. And that is the hard part too. Like, um, Real estate is a very lonely business. Um, like I, I do a lot of transactions and I'm, uh, I sit in this office for way too much, uh, way too often all by myself. So, um, no, it's great to join communities and be part of these sort of things. Right. Um, so we'll jump into this a little bit. So things have changed a little bit since 2022. Right. And, um, uh, I don't know if we should go into the definition of buying on terms. Maybe we'll just skip that to start. And we'll come back to it. Um, but right now, Things have changed in the market. It's a little bit, a little bit more difficult uh, for, or a little bit more obligation by for you know signing on loans, um, taking on debt right now is not a really a desirable situation. Mm. Um, maybe if you could talk to that first about some of these advantages of doing these term deals uh, in the well, kind of market we have right now. Yeah. Uh, so I'll do. I'll go market and then general. So market, sure. uh, amazing. I could. I we could do this for now, but I'll give you some high points. <laughs> Right now, we uh, in the U.S. and I, and and the stats are probably uh, you know pr- uh, parallel to what we do uh, with with respect to interest rates right now. So you've got a seven point seven average interest rate over the last fifty years. We haven't even approached that yet. I think the last I heard, someone got in the seven range, which is crazy to me. Yeah. But they've more than doubled in in the last several months. Now, all that to say, we're not even there yet. Like it's normal for me, but the, the younger crowds is, oh my gosh, they're so high. No, they're not high yet. They're not at a 50 year average. 
And yet for the third time in 50 years, Glenn, we actually have right now for the third time only an affordability problem here. That's crazy. So in other words, so many buyers have been pushed to the side and we're not even at the 50 year average yet. So that just screams out to creative financing, screams out to creative financing because you, you've got a sellers now that just lost an enormous buyer pool. Like they just got pushed aside. And sadly, they think they can never buy until they find us for now. So it, it's never been better, in my opinion, in 31 years to be able to sprint for two or three years and literally create five or 10 years. Think of that, like five or 10 years of income, 10, a decade of income. If you And I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm yeah. saying if you sprint and you're committed, and you just pull out all the stops, this is the time where fortunes are created um, and the press is screaming all the doom and gloom. Great, let them keep doing it because we can help a whole bunch of people. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that's a huge advantage. And the other thing is too, like you're doing um, multiple different strategies, different kinds of lease options, um, sandwich leases, um, and then doing some option outs and you know basically lining up some lease options for people and doing some subject to deals. Like some of the perks that they're doing these subject to deals too, as well as you can inherit some of these older loans, right? Oh yeah, that's a big point. So we uh, we we just had two last week in our community, our students, not our personal family biz, where there was a two point nine and a three point two loan. We took sub two. That's beautiful. Now they people say, well, how would you convince the seller? We didn't convince the seller. There are sellers right now that need you badly. And so one was sad. It was a, an older woman. She had a first and a second behind just a little bit. In, in my eyes, just a little bit. But for her, for her it was insurmountable. Yeah. And she literally was in tears because she said to our student, I was looking for someone like you because a lot of people try to steal her home and, you know, lowball her. And we gave what she wanted, caught her loans up, and she's tickle pink. And she went with us because of the moral and ethical model, so to speak, because so many people don't care. And that's a sad thing, too. Yeah, that is a really sad thing. Um, but... Um... Maybe I'll just touch. I have so many different questions or different ways we could go down on this. Um, but subject twos, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I know a lot of people, even uh, when I talk about subject twos, they get hung up on that subject, uh, sorry, um uh, uh that the clause that they could just uh yeah. collapse your loan, right? Yep, um, do on sale. Do on sale. That's what I was looking for. The do on sale clause. Um doing these lease or sorry, doing the subject two deals. Um what, what's involved? Do you actually have to notify the bank that these are happening? Um, does the bank find out that you've transferred the um, the ownership of the property, but not the the lien on the property? Um, and and do they care about that sort of thing? Yeah. So full disclosure, right? I'm not an attorney. Yeah, yeah. I, I can just tell you for 31 years what I've done, and more so since 08, right? Because yeah. because I don't do anything else but creative financing now. Yeah. Um, well, there, what we do, let me say what we do. I've never had one called, but if you did, there's, there's ways to work on that too, but we wouldn't have time. That's more advanced. But what it, we, we do is this, we take title to the property. We do it with an attorney. We do it with a settlement statement. Just, you know, it's not go collect a deed. I know some people teach that we, we actually bring the buy, the sellers in and we do a settlement statement and the whole bit. The only difference for someone to visualize, and then I'll talk about the legalities, uh, or the nuances. The only visualize this, if you ever bought a home. On one side of the settlement statement, um, there's a line that says the new bank loan, says the new bank's name and the money they're coming to the table with. Real simple, right? Yeah. Okay. So if that's the case, then all we do is we show the subject to existing loan staying in place and whatever amount is due on it. And then the attorney and the title company balance it all out. Now, does does the bank get notified, quote unquote? No, we don't notify anyone. Yeah. What we do is we we do place our own insurance on it and we notify the, we have a checklist obviously, but we notify the bank that, um, they look at us as a quasi-management company, if you will. That's all they think. 
oh, we got notified, so we're going to send them the bill from now on, and then they're going to pay the mortgage. It's like a management company would. Yeah. Um, we also put, again, this is a legal issue, okay? If it, our, our community has some great attorneys now, but yeah, if, you don't, if you're not in our community, you can find an attorney that does these. Um, and we put title into a trust and we, 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 we phrase it like this. We title it like this, Glenn, if it's your house, um, it's going to be the Glenn one, two, three jump street family trust. And so that's not a, a guarantee. It's just another level of safety because the Garmin St. Germain act back in 82 allows family planning and transfers inside of trust and stuff. Like if my wife and I did, and so we just do it that way, just our choice. Again, your attorney will advise you however they want. Um, not to get too, too advanced, but if you're concerned about that at all, then you would do it maybe contract for deed or a land contract, uh, because that doesn't uh, transfer then. And I don't want to get too crazy detail, but just know that there's systems in place. Cool. And then, um, like, can any title company or attorney do this or do you need more of one who actually understands this and more specializes? Well, I'm smiling (laughs) because can they, yes. Do they know how? No. Let me give you, I always like to give you a story. So it's real and it's not theory. We have a student in Jersey, New Jersey, not far from me. And I said to him, yeah, just here's our contract. Our contracts are all given to the students. Like we have everything pre-done with very few tweaks in each state. Yeah. Well, I called for him. He had to go to Israel on a trip. And I called and called and called. He said he couldn't find an attorney. And I said, this is crazy. Of course you can find an attorney to do sub twos. I went through three or four. Glenn, without exaggeration, I was ready to pull my hair out. So I finally got an attorney through mine here. I said, look, you got to help me find an attorney. So he found me an attorney that's in 32 states, does creative financing and saved that deal and closed it within a week. So all that to say, literally the attorneys in Jersey would tell me, no, you can't do that. Because why? Because they don't do it. And liability wise, they don't want to touch it. Instead of being smart and saying, I know someone who does, they say, no, you can't do that here. And then the next attorney says, yeah, it's all I do. It's just crazy to me. And that's almost every state. But I just we just solved that in Jersey by going to the fourth attorney who knew what they were doing. <laughs> that's awesome. The, the that's crazy. Thing I've heard for like even wholesalers, right? Um, when you want to do a wholesaling deal, you I, I was trying to figure out what states it was illegal in. I was doing all the Googling and going through everything. And then I found out like, it's not illegal in any states. It's just that title companies just don't understand it. When I started investing in the US, I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that. GlennSutherland.com slash coaching. A 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com slash coaching. Well, Illinois is an issue, I guess. I'm not an attorney, but I do have a student there. And you it's not illegal. You have to be licensed to do it in Illinois. It's like oh. in Florida... This is the only other one I know of. In Florida, if you if you or I were there in business, yeah. Glenn, and we did deals, we're fine. But if we then hired, say, an acquisitionist or what we call a seller specialist to go do that for us, uh, someone needs to hang a license there. Again, it, why do these laws come up? Because investors stupidly, in my opinion, break the rules or take advantage of someone. And then a new rule comes out like this. And so if we just do it with what we're supposed to do more ethically, this wouldn't happen, but yeah, there are some nuances in different states. Cool. So we didn't, we've been talking a bit about uh, subject twos. Um, he does a lot of lease options too. And I think even whenever you put these under contract with a seller, even under subject two or a lease option, you're usually looking to rent to own or lease option this out on the back end. Correct. We are. Yes. Good point. Um, on most of our deals. And I say most because 
if I get you as a buyer and you say, and I have a long term on the house, this is this is only if I have a longer term, like longer than four years. Yeah. And you say to me, yep, I'm ready, rent to own. I qualified. I went through the mortgage ready plan. I'm good. Once I know you understand you're going for a loan in four years or whatever it is, I then break the good news to you. Hey, Glenn, good news. Um, when you get your deposit up to 20% instead of 10, when you make every payment and we check that after a year, I'm going to consider owner financing you and you'll never have to go to the bank and pay those fees and go through underwriting. And I'll go ahead and change, change that buyer deal to an owner finance deal. So I become the bank then, gotcha. which is cool. Yeah. So those are what we call stacking. We're in the, we're in the process of trademarking this because it's a, you get a portfolio going, you get like four or five properties. And then I, I come in and go, okay, cool. Let's take this deal and this deal and change it up a bit. Right. And we go back to the seller. So it's called stacking wealth stacking. Yeah. And one thing I, I liked from, from your book too, is the, um, actually qualifying the rent to own buyer. I've done yeah. I've a lot of books on rent to own and they, a lot of people skip over that step. Do you um, bet? I, <laughs> I was on a podcast, Glenn, you probably know that, so it's not important, but I, I look at the shows like with yours, I'll look at the shows and go, oh yeah, I was on that. Or I never was. Let me listen to a few. Yeah. And I heard one about a week or two ago and the, the mentor, the coach, guru, whatever you want to call him was on there outwardly saying on the podcast, hey, here's what you do. You put a buyer in there. You don't, who cares if they qualify? And if they default, you collect a deposit and then you go do it again with another buyer. I'm like, I, I couldn't believe I was hearing this. I knew people talk about it, but he, he or she may have a legal agreement that says they can do it. But again, to put your head on the pillow at night, morally and ethically, it stinks. You're setting a buyer up to fail. Yes, we set them up to win. We have a default rate of about two to 5%. I don't know what the government loans are, but I bet you they, they're, they're worse. Like we, that's not a bad default rate. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, it, it's good. And even still, even the people who don't are setting them people up to fail, the other investors, it's just going to be one of those things that just clouds the whole lease option. Yeah. It, it's going to be the, like, oh, lease options are dirty. Like I've even heard this. They're, they're people are just using it to take people's deposits and run away. And I, I don't do that. Like I, no. I know that you go through a little bit more screening than I do. I usually get put them with a, a mortgage broker to try and see where they qualify and what they need to do. Smart. Maybe talk yeah. about what you do with your qualifying these rent to own buyers. Yeah. And let me precede that. And I'll, I'll tell you the system. My son, Nick yeah. does it, but um, let me tell you why it's the opposite with you and I. We have right now, since COVID, a massive influx of people leaving the W-2. We call it planning their escape to get to entrepreneurship, but it's already happening. Mass exodus from W-2s, right? If that's the case, all those people, whether they realize it or not, they can't go get a bank loan today. You need two years of seasoning in the US, two yep. years of proof of your new business. Guess what? They're perfect buyers. They got good credit. They got deposits and they want to get to the end loan, end zone. We show them how. Um, so our process is like this, not too dissimilar to yours. They fill out what we call a next step form. That goes to my son. Uh, my son then sends them through our credit screening company. They'll tell us if they need credit enhancement or they just need seasoning. It's okay. We just need to know and how long they think that might take. We get a report back. The report says 12 to 18, 18 to 24, 24 to 36, whatever. If that fits within our terms with it that we have with our seller and we like them, you know, we, we got a good gut feel, we accept them. Only then do we accept them. And we say no to a lot of buyers because we do care if they get to the end zone. It's miserable if you don't, if they don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, I, I also, you have now a paperwork, right? So if you're like, Hey, we need to, we could do this as a shorter lease option, or we could do this as a longer, you have, right. like, it's not, I love when it's always a third party dictating what, how these are going to, you know, certain points, how they're going to yeah. through in this contract rather than this is just what I say. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. There is another side of it you made me think of. So 
we've had we've had almost everything you could think of happen. People passing away. So we have we have had buyers that get amnesia. So here's your plan. You can't run up debt. Here's your, you got to keep these credit card balances here. You can't skip a payment. And then two years later, they screw all that up and they come back and go, oh, we don't know what we signed. Or if they say something stupid like that, we go, whoa, whoa, whoa. here's your plan you signed on. Here's the document you signed in front of the attorney. So I don't want to make this sound like it's all rosy. Like buyers do try to challenge that once in a while, like one out of 30. And we go, no, no, no. So, and they never win on it because we have a set system and we want you to win. It's very clear when you look at the paperwork. Yeah. Uh, and even for those, um, whenever I have uh, clauses that where I think they may challenge it or sometime, or they may forget certain parts of the contract, uh, any fees or anything that's in there that may be unusual, I usually like to like literally highlight the heck out of it and have them sign beside all those. those yeah, spots. initial it. Yeah. yeah, initial those spots because I'm like, I don't want to ever say that I tricked them into signing this thing or that they never they got forced into not reading the whole thing or something like that. Right. I yeah. So two two things we do on that. Great, great. Another great point. You can tell you've been digging. Um, so our sub two deals with our sellers, literally what you said is like a page and three quarters of they have to initial each in every line. Okay. Um, and then on the buyer's side, they have to sign that with my attorney. And so if they call up and us and get amnesia, you said, forget, but I, they get amnesia. <laughs> then I say, Oh, no problem. Just call my attorney. And the call never happens again after they call my attorney. Cause my attorney's probably like, well, what are you talking about? Like, I don't even ask him what they say. Cause it's, it's a joke. You signed it in front of him or her and you got it notarized. <laughs> yeah and and they're in this part of this contract like what usually if this doesn't go to plan is what they're mostly concerned about is that original uh, option consideration or the deposit that they put down on the property what do you usually ask for for as a deposit if they go to it so we pre when we pre-qualify these people my son doesn't want to get you know 300 calls and tell everybody each time so we have a, set, a series of videos on the websites our, our students do too they can get these pre-done and they're required to go through the videos. And one of the many videos tells them that we are in the range to get into the home. We are in the range of three to 10%. Now three might get you in the door if everything else looks awesome. And we understand where the money's coming from, but it's not going to get you a loan in most cases. So you got to get that to 10 over the course of the, over the course of the rental home. That's all. And if it's a jumbo, you got to get to 20. I don't want to set you up to lose at the end of this whole process. You want to explain jumbo to- Yeah, sorry. So- <laughs> And, and and I also apologize that I'm just stating metrics in the U.S. because I don't I don't want to misstate. Okay, but across North America, this holds. But in the U.S., um, in different states, and even within different states and different counties, there are what called what's called jumbo loans. So in Rhode Island, let's say it's um, anything over 475. I, I think I'm real close on that. Once it's over 475, and it's considered to be a jumbo, a larger loan, the qualification is harder. The down payment is higher, usually 20 percent. And in the underwriting is grueling. Yeah. Um, and so I stay away from them, but there's a lot of people that don't have any problem doing those. They, they pledge their credit and do them, but that's what a jumbo is, the larger loans and it's state by state. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I didn't really want to go into like just talking about all the different ways you do this. Cause we kind of touched on that when we, we I re-listened to the episode uh, yeah. last time. So if you are listening, you're going, what the heck is he talking about? What are the different <laughs> structures and how, uh, you know, the, the wholesale or sorry, yeah. Um, well, we didn't really talk about the wholesale, but as just as an exit option, but we we talked about the the option outs, um, the sandwich leases, subject to, and the um, owner owner financing owner financing. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm looking yeah. at for you. <laughs> um, 
what other stuff should I ask you about this? Those are kind of my my quick questions. Uh, I, I did talk. Uh, I have some. You know, we could talk uh, land contracts for or different ways to exit this if you're you're scared of the subject too. Um, if if you're interested in talking about that kind of thing, I could talk about that. And let me just mention this. Uh, it's fresh in my brain because I'm going to be doing a workshop tonight. Sure. And that is this sort of what I call the old way of doing real estate. I've been at this 31 years, and this is the new way. In the old way, a lot of people experience, even if they did one deal, and that is you go do a deal. It's transactional. You get check. Okay, cool. I did it for 18, my first 18 years. I, I'm not, I have no complaint. It was a good lifestyle aside of a couple of market cycles, but three paydays is the new way. And there's no reason not to do that. We do, we have that trademarked in the United States, the system we teach. And think about this for a second. During COVID and even right now, as things are changing, I, I could not do a deal, Glenn. When I say I, my students, my family, we could say, hey, you know what? Let's not do a deal for six months. And we have so many deals that we're already put in the hopper, paying us continuously over time and long-term from several years ago that go infinitely, really. I could stop doing deals. So there's a big difference from that than back when I was a realtor in the 90s, selling 100 homes and then getting up January 1st and going, oh man, I got to do this again. It's transactional. We set it up to be three paydays. So you get paid now, then you get paid monthly, then you get paid down longer term and you can dictate that. That's cool. So I want people to understand that that's so important with creative real estate in the three paydays um, system. Um, as far as I think you asked me before I did that rant, um, you asked me about other ways to exit. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, you know, if you were scared of subject twos, like some oh, yeah. contracts or some different ways of putting this together. Well, uh, let me use again a story so it's real. Uh, Brian in Illinois, it's funny, I brought up Illinois before for the wholesaling, but Brian does, when he came in, he was 17 years in the uh, elevator sales business, no real estate except for his own home, which he lost money on. Yeah. So when he learned what we do, he got the fact that to to our point earlier, you and I, sub two is powerful. You can, you can appreciate it. There's so many cool things about it. But the risk in his brain was, I'm brand new. I'm going to stick with lease purchase. And he's not in Texas, so he can do sandwich leases. And so his first eight deals, Glenn, he did on a on a lease purchase, sandwich lease, because he did a rent on out. And, and he accumulated in three paydays, all eight deals. It was like 838 grand or something like that, give or take. Oh. So almost a million dollars in his first eight deals. Now, here's the punchline to your question. He never took title, right? Because the lease purchase, he's just controlling that. And we do cloud title, so we, we, we control our interest. Yep. And guess what? Every agreement we have built into our agreements for lease purchase is 10 bucks, 10 bucks. And he said, Chris, on two of them, I gave him 10 bucks. On the other six, I didn't. Like, so the agreements, he spent literally $60 to tie up a few million dollars in real estate or whatever the number was in Illinois and make almost a million in three paydays. That Think about that. So that if that makes you sleep better at night, if you're brand new, that's the way to go if you're new. However, I'm going to have Brian speak at our March event. And the topic is transitioning from sandwich leases to sub two. Because now we're doing that wealth stacking to his portfolio with plucking out properties, going to the owner, renegotiating, buying those properties. Now he's he turned a three, four, five-year deal into a 20 or a 15 or whatever it might be. His son will have it, you know? So so that's a long answer, but I hope that helps. It, there's other cool things you can do inside this space because real estate changes, changes, changes. You just have to change and pivot with it. Yep. No, I agree. And you kept mentioning three paydays. And I, I think a lot of people under underwhelmed with how important that is. Um, yeah. Whenever I was doing this, and I used to do just burrs, I was doing burr, 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 right? Refinance, um, pretty traditional sort of real estate. And what would happen is you always feel poor. 
<laughs> you really, you need to be coming, creating three paydays. And if you're, if for whatever reason, if you don't want to learn lease options, you don't want to do it, um, you're going to have to combine some strategies because you are going to need some money now, some money soon and some money later. And yep. if you are sticking to this money later thing or the money soon thing, it's going to be a hard ride. Like, honestly, that's where you need to start having, creating some <laughs> money soon. And if you do all money soons, then you're transactional. And as soon as you stop, you're poor again. <laughs> yeah, you might as well have a J-O-B. I hate to say it because I'd rather like throw up, but <laughs> I'm just saying I can. we can teach you how to do that. The payday ones are your immediate. Your payday ones are your short term. Mm -hmm. Then you have the rest. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've drank the Kool-Aid. Uh, I love the stuff. Um, Chris, uh, let's quickly talk about uh, your course, your, your community and uh, how to get a hold of you. Yeah. So first thing is we created a link. I just located it before I started talking to you, uh, before we went online. And that was um, for the free books. And this is not, um, here's my free book. And then you put a credit card in for $6 shipping. This is free. <laughs> we will ship the hard copy. It's not electronic. Just go to wickedsmartbooks.com, wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash Glenn. And because we created this just for Glenn's tribe and we want to get that in you guys' hands. I'm big on free because there's a lot of shiny objects in real estate. Do you due diligence and then understand what path you want to take. And if you're passionate and serious, we'll help you. Uh, we do have a free master's class, Glenn. I go fast and and we I do it for an hour and it's free. And you just go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash masters class. And it's a little bit more about what Glenn and I were saying. It'll kind of piece the episodes together, so to speak. Yeah, love it. And uh he has a couple books. Maybe want to touch on the books too before we go. There's a lot of a lot of information out there. Yeah, we just had our fourth bestseller. So on Amazon, you're gonna get two of them in the mail. The, okay. Those the listeners, you're gonna get real estate on your terms, and you're gonna get deal structure over time, which is really cool. All about deal structure and the nuances behind the scenes that, frankly, they won't other mentors don't want to tell you. It's all the it's the hard stuff. Yeah. And then the other two, um, you just showed one new rules of real estate, and then. We came out last month, I think it was, with bestseller, um, Sell with Authority for the Real Estate Investor. That talks more about the seven students that wrote a chapter in this. So that's really cool. It's impactful. Mm -hmm. But it talks about how can you become the authority in your local marketplace so that people want to deal with you or when they look you up, they say, hey, oh, Glenn's the guy. Mm -hmm. Because all these home buyers and the eye buyers and all these things that come and go and frankly hurt a lot of people, they come in. And then the locals don't know what to do. They don't know who to choose. Be the authority. We show you how to do that in that book. That's great. I love it. Um, so I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. So um, people who are like trying to write this all down and scramble, um, <laughs> especially as fast driving, as I go, <laughs> don't do that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll put them all in the show notes. They'll be nice and quick and easy to get a hold of. And then, um, you know, uh, you can be part of his community. He does, has a coaching program. Um, he has a lot of great books, uh, which will get you hooked on the whole thing. Um, but once again, Chris, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, lots of value once again. I appreciate you having me back and your questions are in the trenches. So I love it. Thank you.